0: Hi, and welcome
2: to Wednesday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. We're glad you've joined us. Looking forward to being with you for about the next hour or so as we take this time every weekday afternoon to answer questions about the Bible from the Bible, look at current events through a biblical perspective, what we hear in church, what, when you're reading your Bible, come across something you don't understand. Hey, call us. We'll do our very best to give you what the Bible really says on that topic. And of course, what we hear in church on Sunday is it even... In the Bible at all, so if you got a question, that number to call again. We got some lines open, 88, 88 Ask CSN is the number to call, and so we just want to once again encourage you to be about your father's business, read your Bible every day. So important. Joining me today, special guest we have with us, Brad Dakis from PJI Pacific Justice Institute, representing people like you and me, Christian organizations against unfair government practices. Thank you so much, Brad, and welcome to the program.
3: Oh, thank you. It's always a pleasure to be on your show. Thank
2: Always a blessing to be with you. Looking forward to answering some questions with you. And, by the way, for everybody on the Big Island of Hawaii, I will be speaking at the Puna Baptist Church in Pahoa, Hawaii, this Sunday at 1030. And that's located on Kapoho Road in uh, downtown Pahoa. So uh, this Sunday... At ten thirty, at the Pune Baptist Church, I'd love to see you, meet you, and again we're going to have a great time studying God's Word together. You know, Brad, so many things going on right now in the world. What's your latest take on all these things? Yeah,
3: you know, uh, you know, Mike, it's 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 just so um, um, eye opening as to how uh, much we need to take our faith seriously at times like this. Uh, you know, uh, there's. So much uh, domestic uh, upheaval in terms of our the integrity of our courts, um, you know, and then our as far as national security, and then what's going on with Israel, uh, the attacks on parents' rights, religious freedom that we're continuing to see, uh, and yet God has given us so much grace by allowing us to still have the freedoms that we do here in this country, to still boldly live our faith and share our faith uh, at work, at school, and then at the, the public places. And uh, while, our, while our cases are increasing, and we now have over 220 in active cases in litigation, uh, I'm still very encouraged by the fact that we still have a great Supreme Court precedents uh, in, in process.
2: Yeah, you know, it's really funny, because exactly what the left is saying right now, oh, the Republicans want to take away your rights. They are against the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. They, as, yeah. as uh, one of our presidents said before, a Democrat, said, well, the uh, Bill of Rights is a, uh, a living thing and it grows and changes with society. No, it doesn't. Those are absolute rights that you have. And, of course, our forefathers said anybody that tries to take those away illegally is the enemy. And we see an attack on our freedom of speech. We see our attack on right to keep and bear arms. We see uh, the uh, state's rights being violated all the time by an overreaching federal government. All these things are part of um, why our Constitution and what makes our country different than any other nation on Earth. And yet we find an outright attack on these things. Again, look at your democratic controlled states and cities. They're messes. People are leaving them by the carloads daily because of the crime. And this is one of the great problems that we have today. And again, when you dump uh, probably somewhere between 70 and 80 million over the last few years uh, of illegals into our country and they're all buying things, here's the great problem that we find you know, they're going to be buying refrigerators and washing machines, they're getting thousands of free dollars a month. In fact, most of the illegal people, a couple, get more money free than people who worked for the Social Security their whole life. Now, is that right? Of course it's not. But then when they buy things, oh, look at the gross national product. Look how well our economy is doing. No, it's because it's all artificial. You give people free money that shouldn't have got it in the first place. Then they buy stuff, and that creates jobs in their mind. But the money is all really borrowed taxpayer money that's been taken out of Social Security and, all these other places wherever there's a, a pot of money left, boy, I'll tell you, Brad, your thoughts
3: yeah you're you're absolutely right. It's stealing. Uh, when there's debt, you're basically stealing for the next generation, including actually this generation, I think is going to actually pay the price for it uh, as well. But um, there's a strong moral ethical uh, issue here that is often you know just discarded by the the media. But it is an issue of integrity and honesty uh, when you're dealing with effectively massively stealing trillions of dollars from the future of our children uh, because of our own desire for immediate gratification and, and satisfaction. And that's unfortunately what the government's been doing as well as fueling, as you just mentioned, uh, laziness, which is a, a very uh, clear sin in the scriptures. Uh, we're not to be lazy. God wants us to work. And it's shameful to, uh, for us to, to be uh, not working when we have the physical ability to do so and much less be a leech off uh, other taxpayers. So uh, yeah, these are, these are what we're, our nation is facing. The good news, I think we're more and more becoming aware of that. And uh, it's sort of been set aside the last few years uh, to other issues like the pandemic. But uh, I do believe and I'm hopeful that uh, that will be a major issue in 2024 and hopefully those elected will We'll take it very
2: seriously. Yeah, and, and and you know, the reason we bring this up, and I think you everybody needs to know this, is as we see the freedoms of America disappearing, work for the night is coming when no one can work. We want to be about our Father's business. We are up against some really important things here in the future. And again, if you don't know God's Word, if you don't know how it applies to how we vote, then we're going to be voting more of the wickedness in. What does God say about abortion? What does God say about about uh, stealing? What does God say about these things? And unfortunately today we see more and more of it being accepted as normal life. Oh, abortion, yeah, that's our, that's killing somebody. That stops a stops a human heartbeat. And yet people don't understand how you vote determine how we're going to live. And when people are against freedom of speech, again, the only speech they want is their speech. So you find these different uh, internet uh, sources of information shutting down any other viewpoint than the communistic ideas that uh, for this one world order work. For the night is coming, Jesus said. When you begin to see these things, look up. Your redemption draws nigh, and it's not just here in America; it's around the world, everybody. So again, I believe that we're ready for a big change in the world. And again, as I tell everybody, keep looking up, our redemption draws nigh. So important. Let's go ahead and go to the phones. We have Charlie on the line in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Hi and welcome.
0: Hey, uh, brothers. How are you guys doing? Uh, Good. How are you and how can we help? Man, I've been to your church a couple of times and visited with you. And anyways, I'm one of your tower keepers. So my question is like a two-part. One was, God so all-knowing, why would he create such an evil being, an angel, as Satan, to disrupt? Was that a test to separate the uh, goats from the sheep? We got into this discussion the other night, the other day at work, because I work on highway uh, control here in Cheyenne on Interstate 80. And people were asking me, do you believe this is the last days? And I go, yes, definitely. Look around you. I'm witnessing, and a lot of them don't want to know. And then somebody asked me about the star that guided The wise man. And I says, you know, Mm -hmm. I went outside late at night. God woke me up at 3 in the morning. I went outside, looked up the stars, said, God, what was that? He says, Shekinah Glory watching over my son's birth. Now, what is your take on that? Well, I don't know.
2: You know, uh, NASA and some of these others have went back and actually— Done some studies and they, they do believe that it was a a conglomeration of stars that did and were existent at that time. And from coming from the East, the Bible says towards Jerusalem, they would have seen this. Now, again, these people were astrologers. They had known about the Messiah that was going to come. They knew about the prophecies in the book of Daniel. They knew about the time Messiah was to show up. It is interesting to me that the Gentiles knew more about the appearance of Christ than the Jews did. Now, remember this. What was interesting, they came to Jerusalem, the wise men. Now, everybody always says, well, the three wise men. It doesn't say there was three wise men. There were three gifts, but it could have been presented by many wise men. There could have been maybe 20 of them. We don't know. Generally speaking, to travel from the east to Jerusalem would uh, necessitate, excuse me, uh, uh, probably more than three. There was probably more of a gang of them came coming to pay homage and they came to Herod's place and said, where is, uh, uh, Jesus that, that we may worship him? And uh, he said, well, I don't know. Go seek him out and come and tell me so I may go worship him as well. Herod wanted to kill Jesus is what he wanted to do. But here's what's very unusual. The star stopped directing them when they got to Jerusalem. And then they came out and another star appeared and, and took them where Jesus was over the manger. Uh, was it the Shekinah glory of God? I don't know. Uh, the Bible says they saw a star. So I, I kind of leave it at that and and understand that it was no doubt a, a supernatural phenomenon. I believe that. And that got the wise men where they were supposed to be to then eventually, through another star, get them to uh, where where Mary's, uh, Joseph's house was. Now, they always show the, the wise men showing up in the manger. That is not what the Bible says. They showed up at the house, the Bible says. So this had to be after Jesus was born and probably right before Herod set out the decree to kill all the children to and under. Now, I believe that the gifts that the wise men presented to Joseph and Mary were probably the very things they needed to be able to get Jesus into Egypt before uh, the slaughter happened. And so, understanding that, your thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, I think it's really valuable to look at exactly what the Scripture says, because you're right, many people get confused, Uh, they mix up the three wise men uh, with the shepherds, and you know, the manger was the, the house and all. So, um, but uh, you know, I, I think when we look at the scriptures and it says, talks about the star, we know that's what it was. Uh, and, you know, as far as astrophysics goes, how that plays in, how God uh, did that, formed it, um, you, know, and, and, you know, I don't know. Uh, but we know that the God who made the heavens and the earth and the entire uh, universe, has the, the fullest, easiest capacity to formulate whatever he wants, uh, as far as a star and, and, uh, and to lead and guide. Uh, I think it's also just a sign of how how intricate God is with um, our lives. I mean, while Jesus, you know, was was there, you know, uh, you know, here he was. God was moving over here to the, you know, to to, to draw these wise men. Um, so I, I think that it's uh it's just a, it's reassuring to see how how God is engaged uh, in multiple dimensions in multiple places at one time for his sovereign perfect perfect good, including preparing Mary and Joseph for the uh, possibly for the you know for the trial that they're going to undergo and the need to flee to Egypt.
2: So I hope that answers it for you.
0: So you a know, uh, uh, couple of weeks ago, brother Mike. Uh, I was out in my backyard, and I have a – well, I live in Wyoming, Cheyenne, above Cheyenne, in like a wilderness area. Now, I, I go out at night because God will make me, wake me up at 3 in the morning and says, come out. I want you to see something. And I said, all right, Lord, Father, I know you're there. And above this, the Big Dipper, there's a pattern of three stars. And I said, Lord, I know you're there. And one of them went really bright and then went down. Unless you were there. You know, I, you, I can't prove it to you, but I know what I've seen. And then I got these chills down my back. I said, Lord God Almighty, you were the Shina, Shekinah glory over the stars. And that's how I answered my question at lunch. To my co-workers Because they're all asking me and They know I'm biblically And, and uh, Pronounced And they, they're constantly asking me These questions I said yes it is the end of the Times Look up Because your redemption's off Well, I'm a good person I said that's not going to get you to heaven A lot of good people are going to hell the Lord gave Well, a from, from man's
2: perspective, the Bible says a heart is desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it? And I think this is really important, you know, Charlie, that we remember this, that, that people think, well, I'm a really good person. I can go to heaven. Jesus, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, before he died, he said, Father, if there's any other way that man can be saved, let this cup pass from me. Speaking of the crucifixion. And so being a very good person, being a very religious person, joining a church, doing religious deeds will not save you. It is only the blood of Jesus Christ that saves us. And again, it isn't a church that saves you. It's Jesus Christ that saves you. And so this is why I believe it is so important in these days that we preach the gospel, be instant in season and out of season. There's no time for drunkenness in a believer's life right now, because you never know when God's going to call upon you to be about your father's business. Charlie, stay in line, and I'll send you out a couple of uh, DVDs if you don't already have them, and also 101 Last Days Prophecies that perhaps you can pass along to your inquisitive friends. And so stay in line, Charlie, and and, uh, God bless you. Thanks so much. Good to hear your voice, and Merry Christmas to you. Let's go to Darren, Austin, Texas. Hi and welcome.
0: Hello, um
4: I had a question please um i've I live in Austin, Texas, which is a very liberal city um I was going to a church um a non denomination church for about two to three years. I liked a lot uh but um I noticed over the course of time that they they would never condemn anything that would be politically incorrect, at least on stage. Privately, I talked to assistant pastors and they would, but, but during the sermons, they they would never like say, uh, you know, you shouldn't have sex before marriage. Don't do drugs. um, Don't, you know, kids cannot be transitioned. uh, Gay marriages are wrong. They wouldn't say any of that. And, and then, and so, I even asked the pastor. Uh, pastor once, uh, they, they had like a youth group, and I go, "Are, are you going to teach the kids that you know that they shouldn't change their gender?" And he goes, "No, we let the Holy Spirit speak to them, and and they'll, they'll know from the Holy Spirit." And and I was wow. really, I was really thrown off. So I stopped going to the church, and and I there's a, all these churches they have sermons online. I was trying to find a church in Austin that was more fire and brimstone, but um, I couldn't find one. They're all pretty much the same here. So now I'm from San Antonio, which did, does have fire and brimstone churches. But uh, and so what I do is I watch my old church from San Antonio on, on the Internet during Sunday services. And I, I wanted to know your thoughts about that.
2: Well, the Bible says to preach the word. Um, and the word very clearly says what type of behavior, whether you're looking at first Corinthians chapter six or the book of Galatians will not inherit the kingdom of God. And some of the things that you mentioned are those very things. So if you're going to be honest with people and be really, as the Bible says, teach the word. You're going to cover these topics. Now, I don't know that every Sunday you have to be uh doing this. And like you say, a, a fire and brimstone church. Well, I, I don't think we need to be a fire and brimstone church. I think we need to be a church that preaches God's word and let God's word do the convicting. But for somebody to say, well, we don't talk about anything. We're kind of an easy believism. Anything goes in the kingdom of heaven. If God doesn't want that, well, he'll correct you. Well, why then do we have the book of First Corinthians and Second Corinthians? If the Holy Spirit was the one that was going to correct them, why didn't he? And so why did Paul have to write these letters to this church and the other churches? And as a matter of fact, if you get into Revelation chapters 2 and 3, Jesus himself is addressing the sin in the churches there, except for Philadelphia and perhaps Sardis. But the rest of them, there was a reprimand. Well, why didn't the Holy Spirit lead them out of their sin? Well, because we have God's Word, and it's part of the responsibility of pastors and the leadership of the church to lead people in paths of righteousness. Now, he will do that. God will do that, but he does it the way his Word says. And if you go to a church that really doesn't teach God's Word— just teaches, uh, do your own thing, slip Jesus in your pocket, climb to the top, and all you hear is a bunch of motivational speaking. Well, that's not the Word of God. That That's the very thing the Bible warns about, that in the last days, they're going to heap up to themselves teachers having itching ears. What does an itching ear want? Uh, to be scratched. Well, what does a scratched ear feel like? Oh, that feels so good. Well, in other words, I can stay in my sin and still go to heaven cool, man, and to say, well, the Holy Spirit will convict them. Well, the Holy Spirit is already written in the Word what God will condemn and what God will reward. Now, again, conviction is by the Holy Spirit to bring us out of those sins. But if God's Word is not taught, the catalyst for the Word to react with our sin is not there, and there will be no conviction. Your thoughts, Brad?
3: Yeah, it's I, I really uh, agree with the sentiments of this caller of the importance to be yes. a part of a church that fully preaches the full word of God uh, and is not afraid of offending people or uh, you know, causing someone to not want to go to their church because they're you know they're they address sin uh sin is to is clearly in scripture it needs to all be addre- you know be addressed in love with a message of grace and forgiveness through faith in christ uh, but if we if we downplay sin, then we downplay the necessity for the cross and the power of the cross and our, and the depth of our of our need for uh for forgiveness and and our love resulting from that forgiveness so um I think it's important uh you know a lot of churches are doing that. Uh, they're compromising, they're being pleased with men that was prophesied, and it happened in the last days in second Timothy chapter three. uh but we need to uh cling to the word as it says in second Timothy chapter three in uh, sixteen and seventeen because it is um you know the word of god it's it's the source um you know to to uh, to lead us uh, to for completion um in our walk with with God and serving God so Uh, I think it's it's advisable. I think everyone should should always, you know, be examining that question. Church isn't a place to go just to feel good or, gee, i got lots of friends and neighbors and just lots of great relationships. That's great. But if a church has to have the Word of God preached fully and completely, and if if you don't have that, then uh, you're really missing out on uh, on what God wants uh, for us to have as believers.
2: Yeah, and and you know, we are the Bible says to pray for our leaders. I I believe anybody can be saved, Joe Biden or anybody. But to say what they're doing does not need to be exemplified or pointed out is wrong. The Bible is very clear on the slaughter of the unborn. And any any political leader that is for that needs to be called out and shouted down. Remember Jesus in Luke 13:32 uh, actually called Herod, uh, uh, that old fox. He says, um, that, that, um, go tell that fox, speaking of Herod, he said. Well, that was not a complimentary term. A uh, fox was an unclean animal in, according to, into Old Testament, uh, Levitical law. And furthermore, um, that, uh, the Bible says the foxes are the ones that spoil the vineyard. So this was not a complimentary term. And so we realize that a lot of times all that's needed for evil to succeed is for the righteous to do nothing and say nothing. And there's nothing more right now than, than the devil wants is for churches to stay quiet concerning these issues that uh, uh, really reflect our religious freedoms, the 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 ability to teach God's Word. Because see, again, the more that we move away from our, our godly heritage, the more now we find our whole nation rotting and it is rotting. Look at the cities. Have you watched any of these cop shows? Like, like, uh, oh, they got several may actually have one. I was watching the other night. It's uh, like a live cop show and they have like 12 different places that report live. And then there's a, a guy that, says we're going to go to Kansas City and uh cop uh, just pulled over this guy or we're going to go here. There was a shooting. And you look at the crime and these people that they pull over, these people that they rearrest have a rap sheet a mile long. Why aren't they in prison? They're a menace to to people and to society. Now, I'm not saying they can't be saved. I've spent a lot of years ministering in the jails. but But the point is, is that When a person's born again, hey, they're a new creature. But until they're born again, man, the old sins remain. Their evilness remains. Their violence remains. And so to put them back out on the street and let them continue to hurt people and steal from people and destroy people's lives, this isn't right. But you see, we don't know what right and wrong is anymore. America doesn't even know what bathroom to go into anymore. That's how lost we are. So again, Darren, I, I would just, I would just say we, we want to pray for our leaders I, and, and, and stuff, but that doesn't mean that we condone what they're doing. And anytime they're doing things that the Bible clearly says are evil, and because a church is too scared of losing nickels and noses, they won't stand up for the truth. Well, that probably is a church you shouldn't be going to. It's better to go and stand for something than stand for nothing. Stay online, will send you out some books, some DVDs. We're coming upon a break, everyone. We don't want you to go away. When we come back, we'll have a whole lot more right after this. We'll be right back.
1: If you are 65 or older, you know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on health care costs is frustrating. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare 65+. plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills, And it really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. Well, MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. And it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor or get 24-7 telehealth access from the comfort of your home. Very worth looking into during Medicare Open Enrollment, which ends December 7th. If you join right now, your second month share will be free. So don't miss this chance. Call 833-90-SHARE. That's 833-90-SHARE. 833 90 share.
5: In 2007, when Dan Steiner, president of Preborn, cried out to God, what can I do for you? The answer came loud and clear.
0: I sense God's broken heart over the issue of abortion. You see, he sees every little baby that's being formed in the mother's womb, and it breaks his heart to see when the lifetime that he has planned for them is taken from them violently so often. But if we can get a mom into one of our clinics and show her her baby, and she has that... A close encounter of the best kind in her womb. She will choose life.
5: Preborn Network of Clinics have rescued over 200,000 babies from abortion. To learn more about the life-saving work of Preborn, call 855-668-BABY. That's 855-668-BABY. Or visit preborn.com. That's preborn.com. All gifts are tax-deductible. Your love can save a life.
2: Back to part two of to every man and answer here on this Monday. So glad to, excuse me, Friday. I don't know where the week went. This Friday, and looking forward to being with you uh this weekend at the Punis Baptist Church in Pahoa. Um there in in uh, it's the Puna Baptist Church Pahoa on Kapoa Road there at 10:30 and love to see you, meet you, and uh, be a great time together as we study God's Word together. We have with us Brad Dacus from Pacific Justice Institute. And again, his organization represents people like you and me against unfair laws and bias laws. And uh, Brad, again, right before we go back to the phones, um uh, do you have a, a, a case in particular you'd like us to pray for?
3: Yeah, it's— um Yes, yeah, specifically, there's one out of Michigan. It's involving the criminal prosecution of a wonderful woman, elderly woman. Uh, she was uh, on the public sidewalk outside an abortion clinic, and she was just praying, just had her head bowed, just praying, uh, you know, for the, for the preborn, and um, was there available to, to talk to women if they wanted to talk to her, and uh, because of that, the state of michigan uh, and the attorney general and and uh, it was the support attorney general's office she's being prosecuted for violating the face statute she's going to face up to 20 to 30 years behind bars as a criminal for praying outside an abortion clinic on the sidewalk she in no way was interfering with people coming and going she was just there so this is a a very vicious, we have another case like this in Washington DC, another one in uh, Tennessee and Nashville, um, and so we see these, some of these district attorneys and some of these blue blotches on the, on the map uh, just vehemently going after to shut down the pro-life clinics. Uh, we've got two of those uh, case, two pro-life clinics in California We're defending very large ones. Uh, the Attorney General is trying to shut down. So uh, that's a specific prayer request folks is for people being criminally prosecuted uh outrageously tyrannically um, because they're followers of Christ or because they have a ministry um our court systems unfortunately are are very concerning right now especially the state courts uh, and of course uh, president trump is experiencing that full full throttle unfortunately
2: boy that that uh, that uh, attorney general in new york oh my gosh i watched her uh speeches before she was elected And this is nothing but pure vendetta. This woman should not have anything to do with Donald Trump whatsoever. Uh, Whether you like Donald Trump, whether you don't, that's not the issue. You watch the the hate coming out of this woman before she was in a position only to to make her premise to destroy an individual's life. My goodness, I I look at uh, the justice system in America and it just... It just causes you to, to understand that there's two sets of rules. Now, it's interesting, this woman on public property, on a sidewalk, just saying, hey, can I pray for you? And she's arrested, and yet you can have Hamas uh, uh causing damage in a lot of these rallies. Not a single one is arrested. Isn't it weird how we have two separate sets of laws? Joe Biden can have top-secret documents illegally. When he was vice president, which he was not entitled to, and they knew they were top secret, not a thing is said. But Donald Trump, who had a right to have these documents, well, he's being prosecuted. Two separate sets of laws, depending on what political party you're part of. Friends, this is scary because, again, if they do this to Donald Trump, a president, what do you think they can do to you and me? You think oh well you know like a bunch of gazelles on the Serengeti well as long as you know the lion doesn't eat me i guess i'm okay no you know that lion's coming for all of us and when you don't when you don't interpret the data at hand when you don't see the very core values of america in 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 um, honesty These are the problems. And when you look at the American news media, uh, friends, I'll tell you, it was interesting. Donald Trump was at a, 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 a game here over the last couple of weeks and the whole crowd in the, in the, in the stadium applauded Trump being there. But the clever American news media had their cameras, no doubt, preset on a couple of band members who put their thumbs down and they muted the the crowd cheering in the background. Yeah, that's your American news media. And this is why we know it is so rotten. And they're part of the rottenness. Listen, we're media too, everybody. We see what comes across the wires. It's rotten. And they twist the facts to cause people to believe things that are absolutely not true. And these are the problems that we reap in our society today because people have been taught what to think, not how to think. How to think is you look at the facts, you look at the evidence, and you go, wait a minute, something's not right here. I read about this this man who voted back east. He was running for office in his precinct. He voted, his wife and his friends voted for him, Yet when the voting machine tallies were counted, there wasn't one vote for this individual in that precinct. Yet he voted for himself as well as his wife and others. Oh, our elections are corrupt, all right. Don't ever let the American news media convince you of anything else. They are rotten to the core. You know, uh, Brad, before we go back to the phones, that one place in California, thank God for some poll watchers that caught it. But,, um, the mail-in ballots, oh, those are the beautiful those are the beautiful cheat sheets of the Democratic Party. You have dead people voting, people on the mail-in ballots voting that never voted. Tell us very quick about that story again, because it proves the American news media lies to the American people. Tell us about it.
3: Yeah, this was a congressional race. Uh, and, and Mike Garcia uh, was the one who actually uh, ended up winning, uh, but uh, it's the uh, north of Los Angeles and Santa Clarita area. Uh, he was uh, you know, running for Congress, and uh, we, you know, we, you know, made able to mobilize and with the churches in that community, people to be poll workers, poll watchers, you know, to, to make sure that corruption wasn't going to, you know, happen and get away. They weren't going to get away with it, and they found. Fraud ballot after fraud ballot after fraud ballot. Um, and they, they would see it. They called it out. They said, wait a minute. This signature doesn't match the registered signature at all. Let's call the House. They called and said, did you vote? You didn't vote? Okay. Throw out the ballot. It found so many that the race would have turned out differently. There would be a, a, a Democrat as Congress in, in that, that seat had people not mobilized and churches not mobilized people to be poll workers and poll watchers. Mike Garcia would not even be in Congress. You'd have someone else fraudulently having that position. Um, but that's very, very real. Uh, it's very common. But that said, we're working hard through our church engagement office at Pacific Justice Institute to work to try to mobilize churches across the country to be poll workers and poll watchers like never before, um, and to uh, to be able to call this out and to catch these criminals uh, in in the process. So. That's what we're doing, and um, I uh, I think I think there's I'm, I'm somewhat optimistic that uh, we're going to be a much overall we're going to see catch a lot more fraud and uh, see people prosecuted. Hopefully, if uh, we have a different uh, head of the Department of Justice because of someone else who's occupying the Oval Office.
2: Yeah, and you know uh, what what is interesting the more this goes along whether you watch uh, uh, two thousand mules or just j- the story you just told us. Uh, it, it gives us a little bit more insight on how they're cheating, what they're doing with these fraudulent mail-in ballots. You watched the clown show, uh, of Arizona's, uh, governor race, uh, where they showed a guy as fast as he could click the approval of signatures. He wasn't even looking to see if they matched or not. He was just clicking fast as he could go. And, and, uh, we all watched it. Fraud! But do they call it out? No. See, there's something really wrong with the whole criminal justice system. American citizens are prosecuted, yet people pour across our, our southern border with no prosecution at all. We don't know who's coming across the border. They don't know. And then they go, oopsie, we lost all the records of people coming across the border. Yes, your government at work. Uh and uh, when you realize how in trouble we are as a nation, and again, when you see it one way for one group of people, one way for the other group of people, friends, this is why we all need to be about our Father's business. And uh, again, vote in the righteous, get rid of the wicked. That's what the Bible says. Vote them out. That's what the Bible tells us to do as far as establishing the righteous. You know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And I'll guarantee you, that in God's kingdom you're not going to find any pro abortion people. Uh you're not going to find any pro choice uh people. You're not going to find any of that. You're not and, and again, how can we say as Christians thy kingdom come thy will be done if we're unwilling to make a stand here and now. Back to the phones we go. We have Jean on the line, Portland, Oregon. Hi, welcome.
5: Uh, hello. Um Hi. I I wanted to know what your feelings were on um our nation was formed, you know, to be free because of all the what they went through in England um yes. and they wanted to worship free and um and I wonder, I mean they 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 had the the oh, what would it be? They knew that they they protected us with so many things and the way they wrote things up and so I wondered with what's going on right now that they would have never imagined them coming through and flooding (laughs) our gates like the Trojan horse, you know, left in the country. I mean, inside the gates. And now we have all these people here that, you know, some religions want, you know, to get rid of us, too. And some people want to get rid of us just so that they can take over in strength. And so... I wonder, because they were so adept at making roadblocks and checks and balances in the way they set things up, I wonder if you think and how you would equate um, what we're going through now back then, because the Lord used to say to destroy the people that he knew were idol worshipers and Um, going, you know, not, uh, he didn't want them to corrupt the people. And so here we have our situation, and I'm wondering, how do you think that's equating from when they set it up at the beginning, over 270-some years ago, to what we're going through right now? I just, the only thing I can think of is that it's a perfect situation for God to, for his glory to be shown because the whole world is in a, a terrible struggle and downfall. Mm-hmm. And I, it's kind of exciting. I don't, I live in a real exciting place.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, you know, and, real, quick, um, real quick on that, Gene, you know, yeah, Portland is a very, very troubled town. And, uh, you know, Brad, uh, you, you've seen a lot of this go on and, and what would your response to Gene's question be?
3: um yeah there's um it, it's it's true we have a lot of uh, of evil a lot of uh corruption um our founding fathers would be stunned shocked uh, to see us willingly opening ourselves up on our border to being invaded by by we, people some people we know who are not just drug uh, imp- you know uh people and Hotels, yeah. and yeah but also People who uh, are actually we know affiliated with our enemy, uh, whether it's in China or radical, um, you know, Muslims uh, from other, from other countries. We we people on our our watch list have been caught, but there's so many more who haven't, who have every intent and purpose to destroy this nation, uh, coming from within. At the same time, we have it being destroyed in terms of these cities not prosecuting, letting evil flourish and punishing good. Um, you know, it's it's easy to get discouraged, but I will say this: uh, we still have a lot of positive happening, and particularly in red states, passing strong passing strong laws against crime, uh, shoring up parental rights, religious freedom, um, the sanctity of human life. Uh, so we talk about the United States today; we're really, in a way, almost talking about two different countries: one moving in one direction towards evil, and the other one moving towards basically repentance in many ways. And um, uh, and I think that that's, that's what's, uh, you know, but we're one country, and we're going to see that play out in the elections. And hopefully we'll have an honest election if we do. We have a, a good good chance of seeing things shift uh, in the right direction, at least for the, the near
2: term. So, yeah, Gene, all we can do is, Lord, please establish the righteous, take away the wicked. Yes. That's our prayer. And uh you know, much to pray about. You know, the Bible says the people who love God, if we'll turn from our wicked ways, God will heal our lands. And look at how many people have, uh, that we know they're professing Christians, uh, you know, shacked up, uh, getting drunk, doing all this kind of stuff. I, I believe it hurts the body of Christ. We're all one and yet, uh, those things, uh, take away from the integrity of what we're trying to do. And so we compromise this area. So then we'll, well, you know, who's to say, you know, all sin is, we're all sinners. And so if that's your thing, you know, then this is mine. And so we're all, and, and we weaken the cause of Christ. So it's best to repent, be about our father's business, keep looking up our redemption draws nigh. Gene, stay in line. We'll send you out a couple of books, couple of DVDs. Okay. Thank you so much. God bless you, Gene. Thanks for your concern again, and uh, Merry Christmas to you, and God bless you. Let's go to Chris, Tucson, Arizona. I welcome.
0: Hello, how you doing? Yes. Yes, I'm calling. I have a question about uh, um, Wednesday. A
3: gentleman called in and had a question about if you leave the faith, if he can be saved again. Uh, you use the prodigal son. I don't remember his question verbatim, but that's just, you know, paraphrased.
0: But I want to know, because in Hebrews 6, 4 through 6, it says that it is impossible
3: for those who are once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and were partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the word to come if they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance, seeing that they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh,
0: and put him to open shame.
2: Well, I think the, the question is there, there are those that have fallen and those that, are, that, that fall. Um, and again, uh, when you realize that this is written to the Hebrews— um, and understanding, well, if I don't like this whole Jesus thing, well, you know, I'll just look for another avenue of salvation outside uh, of Jesus Christ. And so I can go back to the law, and you find today even churches that teach that. Well, you know, uh Jesus died for our sins, but you got to keep the law. Well, we're not saved by keeping the law. We're saved by putting our faith in him. And absolutely, the prodigal son is a very key part of the story, and not just there, but John tells us in First John, if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, which is Christ Jesus. So it's very important that we understand the forgiveness of God. Now, if a person walks away from God and they go, I don't want to have anything to do with that, there is a point where I believe the Holy Spirit does not call them back into repentance again. This might be called sending away your days of grace. And certainly the book of Jude addresses this exact topic. Now, the last part of Jude, it says, now who is able to keep you from falling? But the rest of the chapter says, are you willing to have Jesus keep you from falling? I've heard people misquote the last part of the book of Jude saying, well, he was able to keep you from falling. Party on, dudes. No, that's not what it says the context of that verse is do you want jesus to keep you from falling and i think there's a difference between those who fall and those who are falling i think in my life i think we've all had times of falling um but thank god for his holy spirit that brings us back as the son in the in the pigsty said i come to a senses and said my father's servants are treated better than i am i'm out of here well i believe that And so I think that's so important that we understand there is, and John talks about it, first John chapter five, a sin that leads to death. That's, that is a pretty serious statement there. We find Paul addressing, uh, uh, Timothy in second Timothy chapter four about Demas having loved this present world has departed. Now if you'll notice there in 2 Timothy it doesn't say so really we need to really all oh, you guys get together and fast and pray for Demas you know because in the first first of uh, uh, uh Timothy Paul was bragging about what a wonderful brother this guy was and how he helped him and now we find at the second Timothy um chapter 4 he says having loved this world has departed not pray for him or nothing it just he's gone there is a sin that I believe leads to death, and I believe this is probably in part what this is speaking of. But remember, this is addressed to the Hebrews that there's no other way of salvation. You can't depart from Christ and think you're going to find something else. Your thoughts, Brad?
3: Yeah, um, yeah, that, that's you're absolutely right. Uh, it's only through Christ we can have salvation, and uh, you know God's grace and mercy is abundant. Um, you know, sanctification, you know, we're justified through faith in Christ, you know, just as if we never sinned. But sanctification is a process. What does that mean? That means we have not attained full and completion uh, in, our, in terms of our, our righteousness and holiness through, through God. Uh, it's a, uh, you know, just once we get saved, it's a continual process, meaning that there's going to be sins, there's going to be times of stumbling, there's going to be times that we uh, come back to the Master in, in humility and and repent um and that's a that's a process so uh, just because someone has turned seemingly turned from the lord um and they're in a, a dark time in their life perhaps and they're uh giving into temptation or to sin uh doesn't mean that uh that god has given up on them it doesn't mean that um that they're definitely you know that they're no longer a christian uh sometimes god takes us to the woodshed um and sometimes he'll he'll, he'll take us home early uh even um, but uh, you know it's 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 a reality of of, uh, of of life, and that's why he has to tell us to, hey, you know, flee temptations. Um, you know, the 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 devil is like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Um, we're all vulnerable, and at the same time, we also need to be uh, appreciative of God's grace and uh, and hope in uh, in others that uh, have uh, fallen into the uh, into these 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 issues. Uh, for God and to pray for them and to um, to welcome them back wholeheartedly when when they uh, they do uh, hopefully um, repent and come back into into the faith.
2: So I hope that, that answers it for you.
0: Yeah, that works. Thank you.
2: God bless you again. Read the book of Jude. It's pretty good. It explains a lot of a lot of those things. And just remember, He who is able to keep you from falling. The whole question always goes back to: Are you willing? Chris, stay online. We'll send you out some books and DVDs. And let's go to Gloria St. Louis, Missouri. Hi, welcome.
3: Hi. um, I was just wanting to know if you can um, answer this one question I have
5: about. It's uh, found in the book of Jeremiah. And it's talking about the the cutting of the trees of the forest and, um, you know, fastening them with uh, ornaments and all that. Is that speaking of Christmas trees? I don't believe No, I don't believe
2: Dear no, I don't believe that speaking of a Christmas tree. Now, again he says with one piece of the wood you 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 cook your beans, throw it in your fire and cook your beans, the other piece of the wood you overlay it with gold, fasten it so it moveth not, set it there on the table, put put beads around its neck, go into a Chinese restaurant. Many of them have a, a gold plated Buddha there in the room. Um this was traditional, they would take wood, carve it, and then overlay it with gold, and this would become their family god. And we find even Laban um going after Jacob, wanting his his family gods back, as uh his wife sat on on them and hid them from the uh those that were uh searching the house. So the idolatry was was rampant. But he said, look at how ludicrous it is. With one piece of wood, you're cooking your beans. On the same piece of wood, you put some gold on it, and you worship it. Now, I'll tell you this. Anybody that's worshiping the Christmas tree, yes, I believe that would apply to that. But uh, many people have a tree, and uh, traditionally, the tree was to represent the tree of life that Jesus Christ was. And so understanding that... Uh, I don't believe the tree is a, a Christmas tree in any way of speaking of that unless you're worshiping it, but then it can go for anything else. It can go for your diploma on your wall. It can go for anything that says, look, this is what makes me a somebody. This statue is what makes me and gives me power. This Christmas tree gives me power. No. If you're, if you're looking at a Christmas tree like that, yeah, you're in trouble. But most people just put a Christmas tree in their house. First of all, they smell pretty cool, and number two, it represents the tree of life. Any last thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, I, I think you described it very well. It's uh, it's definitely a, would not be a Christmas tree? And in fact, the Christmas tree concept uh, came from uh, you know European, uh, the Germans uh, from their their former uh, religious pre-Christian religious traditions. Um, and uh, became a, a Christian tradition to symbolize the you know, the evergreen, the eternal life that we have in Christ. But um, yeah, it's uh, but, but idolism is is uh, is 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 serious, and it's something that can happen today. Uh, people engage in it, whether it's worshiping crystals um, or other kinds of, of new ways of, of turning from God. Uh, you know, the, the people have a, a need for religion, but oftentimes they don't want the god the lord god uh because they want to keep their sin they want to keep what their their sovereignty in their own life and sometimes they even worship themselves uh but there is one god and uh anything else uh is is something that by man, by man's nature is unfortunately all too uh, historic
2: amen amen glory i hope that answers it for you we're all out of time we had a couple of callers. Please call us back on Monday. We'll put you on the very first thing. Brad, thanks so much for being on. Thank you. And uh, again, to Brad Dacus from pji.org. God bless you all. Have a safe week and Hope to see you, you at the Punis Baptist Church in Pahoa.
1: Write us. To every man in answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226